0: We started it because we had real passion for craft beer and we wanted to share that passion with others and just show them that there are so many great beers that are available. All of a sudden, there's this category that's just accelerated at a huge rate, and I don't think it's going to slow down at all. Start with a bang at the start of the month, end with a bang on Christmas Day. Welcome to Add to Cart, the podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of e-commerce. Every month, Nathan Bush from 12 High and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research, and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart.
1: Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e commerce talent agency E Suite. Look, I know, another beer company, and I may be a little bit obsessed, but it's my podcast. And as my mum said, I'm following my passion. Richard Kelsey is one of the co founders at Beer Cartel. Started in a Kennard shed in 2009. Beer Cartel was one of the first online beer businesses in Australia. Today, they stock over a 1,000 craft beers, have created a new tradition with their very famous Advent Beer Calendar, and have just launched their equity crowdfunding where you can buy a share in the company. But even if you're not into beer, there's so much that Beer Cartel do differently that you can draw inspiration from. Richard shares how they've put a focus on creating unique gifts, and their own gifting occasions. He's also sharing why they've continued down the subscription and membership model and why they commission and publish their own research to be perceived as industry leaders. So thanks to our partner Shopify Plus and Signet, here's our conversation with Richard Kelsey, co founder of Beer Cartel. Richard Kelsey, welcome to At Descartes. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Mate, you are going gangbusters at the moment. Just launched your equity crowdfunding. That's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It's um, something we've been thinking about for a number of years. Uh, We had planned on doing it last year prior to COVID and then COVID came and and all of a sudden we were just bombarded with um, orders and and trying to think about a, a new way of, of kind of operating and everything. So, yeah, we, we had to uh, kind of abandon it last year and just make sure that our, our ship was sailing smoothly and then we've come back to it this year. So it's, um, yeah, really exciting to, to, to be going live with.
1: It's really interesting in terms of the capital market at the moment for Australian e-commerce businesses. Obviously, we saw people like Adore Beauty and Booktopia list on the ASX. A couple of weeks ago, we saw uh, Flora and Fauna acquisition as well. There's a lot of movement in the space. What made you go down the equity crowdfunding route?
0: I think for us it's it's kind of uh in part just where we are at the stage so um I think there's a, a pretty big appetite when you you start getting to a certain level of sort of revenue for us we're still, I think, really strong with our, our our customers. We've got a great relationship there, and so when we look at the other sort of breweries and the success that they've had, it kind of made sense as a sort of starting point to do this. Doesn't mean that down the track in the future we can't go down that route, but at least this is a great starting platform to to kind of accelerate things a bit further and then go from there. Really beautiful, and. With the capital raising, what will that enable
1: yourself and Beer Cartel to do?
0: So, Beer Cartel, ever since we started back in two thousand nine, we've always been focused on online. We actually have a store as well, but when we set the business up, we set it up with a online viewpoint. Back in two thousand nine, so we were online before Dan Murphy's, (laughs) and. Uh, When we first started, there there wasn't much of a kind of online world. So people weren't really buying online, but um, we've always had the view that over time that would kind of evolve. And and we've definitely seen it last year with COVID and it's continuing to evolve now. So our our idea is that that we're going to use these, these funds to, to grow the online side of the business. So, the main thing is around the website, improvements to that and, and the e commerce world. So, conversion rate such a big thing. So, driving up that conversion rate it means that for every thousand people that come to the site, we get extra purchases, which is always huge. Absolutely. As well as that, we're also sort of so we've got a monthly beer subscription so we want to continue to to really grow that and then we also want to have another kind of side of of, of the offer which is a sort of membership side where where people are rewarded for i guess becoming a, a loyal customer with us as well um and then give them great offers through that so yeah lot, lots to to kind of work on and and yeah we're really excited with it
1: and how does it work on the other side, the, the community that you're asking to contribute and invest in the business? What are the benefits for them?
0: Yeah, so I guess it, with crowdfunding, it, it's kind of two-tiered. And so there, there's obviously you're getting a share in the business. Um, and so future growth of the business, if you realize a sale or anything down the track in, in the the long-term future, then, then that, that means that it's sort of, whatever uh, gains you get there that that's money back to your pocket as well as that you also uh, crowdfunding often has um, incentives to invest and so it's then providing a a level of incentive that whatever it may be so whether it's getting free shipping or a discounted rate or opportunity to get one of our advent calendars um, yeah there's lots of different incentives that you can kind of throw into the mix as well.
1: Yeah, it's a lovely way to bring your community in into the business. I know with the Outland Denim, they use virtual as well, which is uh, what yep. you guys are going through. They do a fantastic job of they've got a Facebook-only page for for investors from that fundraise, as well as you get dis- really good discounts on jeans to kind of really amplify the advocacy and the buy-in of the brand beyond just the money and the investment.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, for us, we, we've always kind of had a kind. Community side of things, so we've got our own Facebook group at the moment. It's got uh, coming up to seven thousand uh, members of that. When we started Beer Cartel, we started it because we had a real passion for craft beer, and we wanted to share that passion with others, and, and just show them that there are so many great beers that are available beyond what are at the every bottle shop and and bar and everything, and so. That, that kind of community side of things is, is something that we've always wanted to have and, and always sort of nurtured. And so it just makes sense to kind of then put it into an um, investment offer as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's really exciting. So what's the kind of date or the timeline that you're looking at for that activity?
0: So we're obviously in the EOI, the, um, the expression of interest phase at the moment. Uh, we're about a week deep now. What will happen about roughly around about a week's time or so will be that the, the investment will open and that will be for around about two weeks. From there, we're going to see how it all goes. Hopefully it all goes amazingly well and that and, uh, there's a lot of po- people that are really positive towards it.
1: Beautiful. And we'll add a link into the show notes um, if people are interested so they can go through to the um, equity crowdfunding um, page on virtual as well. Um, We're recording this in mid May. So um, I I believe expressions of interest open 1st of June. So more than likely expressions of interest are out by the time this is released. So just to give a little bit of context cool now there's so much you mentioned in there from um ux through to subscriptions but i want to take us back a little bit to when you launched and as you mentioned in there you you were one of the first or if not the first in delivering beer online before dan murphy's you started as a subscription business what's been the most significant changes for beer cartel since then
0: Uh, I guess there's been a lot. So when we first started, we had like a little Kennard storage shed that was actually smaller than the room I'm in now. And so we started with one of those and it was in the kind of wine side of of the Kennard storage. So it was these tiny little rooms. And the idea was that we could then just fill it with cases of beer. And then each month we'd actually come in and, and basically pack all these boxes all around the, the kind of wine area. So all, all the people going in to get their, their boxes of wine and everything, they kind of had to step around <laughs> us and everything. Um, so we started with that. We had one shed was going okay. We, we then got another couple of sheds, but we realised back then because – e-commerce was just in that absolute infancy we needed to have an actual store as well so bought a location that had a store and it came with a warehouse in 2011 and the great thing that we kind of when we purchased it so the, the store itself is in the worst location you could possibly imagine so it's in like an industrial area it's got no street frontage or anything but we saw that it had a warehouse and so we thought, well, if online goes well, which is going to be our focus, then then, then there's that sort of growth area. Yep. And so we started from there and the, for the first few years, it was that, that sort of bottle shop side of things that really held us up and then online started to grow from there. And so online, particularly in the last five years, as craft beer's really taken off, that's taken off as well. So it's been an amazing sort of uh, journey to see, I guess, from like... The, the sort of craft beer side of things we've seen lots of different trends so when we first started there was bottles were, were basically everything um, anybody drank from or well, not drank from but bought from yeah. so always drink from a glass it's the best way to enjoy your beer it's a craft beer way isn't it Oh, totally. So, yeah, at that stage, bottles were all the rage. And if you actually tried to sell beer in cans, people would they'd look the other way and just dismiss it completely. But now it's gone a complete 180 degrees. And if something's not in cans, they're really missing out.
1: So what kind of styles of beer are you seeing coming through that are so different from when you first started out?
0: So that the main one is, is the uh, Hazy IPA or New England IPA. So it's something that's kind of come on the scene about in the last five years. And it's this beer that is uh, very hazy, as as the name suggests. They're quite opaque, like a bright sort of yellow, bright golden colour. It has lots of sort of fruity notes to it, but it has a low sort of level of bitterness. So in the past, um, IPAs, which stand for Indian Pale Ales, have always been quite bitter. Whereas now that they're making beers that are, that are really drinkable and you don't sort of have that, that bitterness to them. So that is really taken off, particularly because they're so Instagrammable. Yep. Um, and if you look up like Hazy IPA on Instagram, they're, they're just everywhere. And there's these amazing images that people are showing all the time. So, yeah, that, that, that's one that's really um, taken off a lot.
1: What's, uh, what's your beer of choice at the moment or something, or a beer that you've really enjoyed recently?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've started getting on a alcohol-free beer, um, called Heaps Normal. It's great. Uh, so it is. It is very, very good. So that they started off uh, in July last year, and it has been amazing just seeing like the, for us, we we didn't sell alcohol-free beer at all basically last year. All of a sudden, that there's this category that's just. Accelerated at a huge rate, and I don't think it's going to slow down at all. So, I think in part it's it's people moving to a uh, sort of more sort of health conscious way of living, and, and it's also the fact that there's the the beers that are being produced now as such a good quality. So, what I, I'm finding is I, I struggle to have a night where I don't have a beer, but I think it's okay to have an alcohol free beer. So,
1: <laughs> that's what I found is like. It's, I often do a month with no drinking. The hardest part is because I love my beer and trying different varieties of beer. Like I don't ever stick to one. It's the yeah. hardest part is just taking that enjoyment of beer the actual enjoyment of trying different varieties and discovering new things for a month i'm like i can't try anything new <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's great to see so many options opening up in the non-alcoholic space
0: oh totally when i am um, when we we're in lockdown and i thought i'd first give the alcohol free a go that there wasn't that the beers that are available now and so i ended up having these 500 mil big long necks from germany <laughs> of a uh, alcohol free um hef beer uh, hefeweizen and uh the, the, it's a really nice beer, but there's 500 mils of it. You know, I didn't quite need it each night. And, yeah, so I'm <laughs> glad to have these other ones that are, that are now on the scene.
1: Mind you, you probably look like a hardcore drinker taking around 500 <laughs> mils. <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
1: laughs> um Now, one thing that you guys do – really well and you mentioned it early on is uh, UX on the site. You've obviously invested a lot of time and and money into UX and you've won a lot of awards for your online experience. For you, what's the secret to designing a great online experience for e-commerce?
0: There's a couple of things. I think that you've always got to start with something but then you've got to evolve it over time. So, uh, what, what you've got as your first iteration definitely shouldn't be your last iteration. I think that's core. The other thing is uh, both myself and business partner, founder, Jeff Hewins. So we came from a market research background. Even before we got into e-commerce, we, we were used to, to kind of taking people through a UX kind of design of different websites and getting them to, to give their feedback. So it meant that when we created Bear Cartel, we kind of then imagined that for ourselves and imagined how people would be stepping through it. So I guess we've always had that as the sort of foundation, and then it's putting in the sort of conversion rate optimization stuff over the top.
1: When Tamburlaine Organic Wines were looking to push their expansion nationally and internationally, they realized that their custom-built, pos-focused platform just wasn't going to cut it. They selected Shopify Plus as the foundation for their expansion. Plus allowed Tamburlaine to create tiered member pricing using scripts, introduce web chat, and see customer churn analytics. The result? A 30% conversion rate boost within the first six weeks of migration. Now, that's something to cheers to. To read more of Tamburlaine's story and see other case studies, visit the customer section on shopify.com.au forward slash plus. On the conversion rate optimization, this is a might be a bit of a hard question with uh, all your years of history. Has there ever been any surprise test or change that you've made that you weren't expecting to increase conversion as swiftly as it did?
0: Um. We had, well, it was interesting. We actually had one that kind of went the opposite way. So uh, we had one where we thought if we'd put something into um, the when people added something to their cart, it would actually tell them how much of their case they had left. The idea was to get them to fill out a, a case of twenty-four beers to to get them to to make sure that they maximising the amount of beers they're getting for for the postage that they paid. But we found the way we actually designed it, people were actually then abandoning their shop rather than keeping on trying to do it. So we had to um, really review that and, and, and change it completely to, to kind of get around it. So that, that, that was probably one of the most interesting ones uh, and ones that went the absolute opposite way of, hmm. of what we were hoping. Is it because people
1: felt like it was a big task then to fill out a carton?
0: I think it was the communication messages. And I, yeah, I, I think it was around that we were telling them that while we were saying you've got room to have another 23 other bears, whatever it may be, I think they felt that they had to then put in 23 other bears. So it, it was just kind of changing that around. So in the, at the end, what we did was we had a little sort of drop down that just said, how, how full is my car? It was something that was much more subtle. Whereas before we had it in sort of big writing of, of what it was, and uh, I think that that change definitely helped a lot.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great example um, because it's so tempting to always upsell or get people to add more at that cart level, but it's you know fraught with risk as well because you're so close to a transaction.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Now, you mentioned there your uh, research background and, and Jeff's research background as well. You guys have done some really great stuff in the uh, the craft beer category and have come out as industry leaders with your Australian craft beer survey and your top 50 craft beers rankings over the years. How hard have those research pieces been to pull together?
0: Uh, to pull together, it, it takes a fair bit of time and effort. The good thing was that because we came from the research background, we knew how to do it. So we had tools that kind of made it easier to to, to get all the data and everything. Um, still doesn't mean that you save time on the, the interpretation of what it all means. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a, a big project. So each year we have around about 20,000 people take part in the survey. Uh, we've been doing it for five years. And the idea is that it's done – to help the industry so if we knew the industry people know that they need to do research they don't know how to do research and so we thought what we'd do is create this big report and then make it for available for free on our website and yeah so we've been doing that for the last five years it's amazing the amount of, of attention it gets each year you often find write-ups of different breweries and, and they'll then reference that the Beer cartel survey uh, which is really nice. It's also won uh, quite a few different awards so we won a Oria a, uh, a couple of years ago we won a, um, a award with uh, big commerce as well which uh, I, I do like uh, cash awards are <laughs> very good. <laughs> We, we had a cash award from big Commerce, and we also had one from SurveyMonkey, which is the platform we did the survey on so that, that they were pretty awesome and it, it's something that we just love doing each year. It does take a lot of time and effort, but the the rewards doing it are, are pretty good as well
1: brilliant and you mentioned uh, SurveyMonkey as a tool to help collect the data. How do you go about getting those twenty thousand participants? Is that off your own database that you start with, or do you go out and collect by a database to be able to uh, put this survey to
0: yeah so it's multiple ways basically what we said to to the industry was if you help promote this survey then then we'll give you an industry report for free each year and so there, there's hundreds of breweries each year breweries bars beer festivals uh, beer media that all help promote the survey. Um, so we give them a link to share and we say, please share it with as many people as possible. So it's definitely driven by everyone else. It's definitely not us. The good thing about that is it also means that it just is such a broad range of people that are answering the survey. It's not just our own database. And so that means that it's much more accurate for the, uh, the, the craft beer industry as well.
1: Brilliant. And, and I'm assuming that there's a great level of um, expertise required in being able to craft the questions and analyze the output in a meaningful way. If other brands are considering running a survey or doing a piece of research that don't have your research background, how would you um, advise that they go about that?
0: I guess the the starting point is probably to look at what there is in the um, industry and what's been done beforehand previously. So you can often find different reports that are available online. The other great thing is uh, tools like SurveyMonkey have a battery of different survey questions that you can use. So. Yeah, definitely use that as a starting point. And then there's also just Googling best practices for surveys to to try and get a way of of kind of asking things in a neutral sort of manner so that you're not kind of giving a bias or anything. And and also thinking about the different options and how people are going to answer it. So one of the, the biggest kind of challenges is is when you go through a survey and they've asked you a question, but you get to it, and there's not an answer that actually reflects what you feel or how you think, yep. and so it's, it's if you can sort of anticipate that and think about how to to kind of create that that sort of battery of answers, that that that's definitely going to help as well. That makes sense.
1: And then with those results, you said that you see your community and other, other beer producers publish a lot of articles about them. What about traditional PR? Because I've seen this survey every year Can guarantee that it'll pop up in news.com or mainstream press. Do you actually have to seed that or are they now knowing that you run this survey and they come to you for content?
0: It's a bit of both, really. So, yeah, we will get um, people out of the blue contact us to comment about the survey. Um, But then we also definitely do put it out ourselves. So we put out a press release to the web on our website. We then share it with our sort of uh, bear media and then we try to approach the the sort of mainstream media after that. I've been less successful in, in getting the mainstream media direct myself. But it's great when they then contact me <laughs> off the back, so that that works as well. I'll take it either way, really. Oh, it's been such a great strategy, and you guys have executed it so well.
1: Um, nice. So you should be applauded for that. If anyone wants to check it out, it's a great case study. Now, I want to go back to the subscription model because it's it's fascinating to me that you're running uh, a few different models with Beer Cartel. Obviously, we t- talked about the physical store, which isn't the focus. We've got the subscription, which it start, which you started out as. You also sell beer, just D2C, one-offs, and you've also talked about a membership model evolving. How do you see all those models working together?
0: Sure. So, I guess the... Yeah, at the core, at the moment, the main thing we sell is, is is beer, and then beer gifts. So beer gifts are a big sort of part of our our business as well. We create them because we knew that, uh, particularly for males, they can be really hard to buy great presents for, and and most males absolutely love beer so it's, it's kind of like a no-brainer present and the, the amount of people that um give our gifts and just say i can't believe how much my husband loved this or whatever it may be i sent one last
1: week i sent the 24 pack of the top beers oh, yeah yeah um to someone to say thank you for the for yeah, awesome. work that they did it was, it was brilliant such a great idea
0: oh yeah cool yeah it yeah. is it's um and it's amazing that that yeah, it's one of our, our best-selling products as well. But yeah, so we've got the the beers that we sell, we've got the gifts, and then we've got the the beer subscription. The the membership model I, I see is is basically just a reward for those people that that buy beers from us on a regular basis. And the idea is to, while we know that that most people have two, three, four different places that they'll buy beers from. What we Want to aim for is, is to kind of be the number one choice that they're looking to buy beers from, and so that that's the idea behind the membership model is to reward them with discounted or free shipping, a discounted sort of price on on beer, and so that we hopefully kind of engage with them more often, and so I think that's the kind of core part of our business, and and so the membership is just additional kind of way of of driving that side of that business and then we've got our our beer subscription and so the beer subscription around since 2009 it's still as a part portion of our business it's it's not absolutely massive it's it's still got lots of opportunity but yeah I, i think there's huge opportunity in growing those both in tandem because basically when you buy beers for beer subscription, it also means that you can also add them to your your website just generally, um, as well, and, and you get them at a discounted rate because you're buying them in bulk. So it, it's they're just great beers that people can access as well.
1: Absolutely, and obviously, you were one of the first in the subscription online subscription model in Australia. I'm assuming back then you would have had to build all the technology yourself.
0: Yeah, I think when we very first started, it was Excel based. <laughs> And yeah, lots of Excel checking. And, and I don't even know if we had, I, I can't even remember quite. I think it was actually through e We had a reoccurring charge that was done through there. And so we had that, I think until about, 2015 when we then went to big commerce and when we went to big commerce they didn't actually have like a subscription offer themselves so we had to get one created a custom sort of app created and then we used that for a number of years and now we've got one through uh, bold subscriptions which seems to work and that we've been doing that for the last two or three years
1: amazing how far it's come in that you can buy a subscription platform as a plug-in now compared to when you started (laughs)
0: Oh, totally, totally. And it makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Excel is uh, challenging to, to manage things. And when you've got so many different places, you've got to look. At least now it's saying, okay, you, you've got your order. It's all gone through and everything else. So you just really need to fulfill it. So it's, it's a lot easier now, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, apart from your surveys, you are also very famous
1: for your beer advent calendars. How did you guys come up with that idea?
0: Yeah, so I think it were, I think we've been doing them for about five years and there had been some that were created in the US and I can't quite remember if there was one before us in Australia. I think there possibly was from Bridge Road down in, down in Victoria, which is a brewery and they, they do their own one and then they get a few of their sort of friends to sort of collaborate with it. And so the very first year we created one, we actually bought the uh, Bridge Road one and we sold it through our site, and that that went really well. And so we thought, okay, we're onto a bit of a th- winner here, and created our own. The next year, it was uh, something that we kind of said, okay, we'll maybe sell two hundred of them, and each time we, we'd get them all packed, that sell out. And so <laughs> it was basically, I think from so they get sent out. Say mid November, late November, and it was the, basically every day that there, there was someone uh, that was having to kind of chase their tail and produce some more <laughs> advent calendars to send out to people. So I think we ended up selling about a thousand odd mm-hmm. then, and then after that uh, we did one more year where I think it was what was it? it? was all sort of core range beers, well beers that breweries had themselves that they just make each year, and then for the last two, maybe three years we've had completely exclusive bears so they're bears that are not found elsewhere and the, it's it's an amazing thing so the, the advent calendar is basically a big box, you've got 25 days um, so you're meant to start on the, the 1st of December and go through the 25th with a different bear each day and so we, we work out the order of the bears, we make sure that you're not having big boozy bears during the midweek type <laughs> thing Uh, We want to start with a bang at the start of the month, end with a bang on Christmas Day. Almost like a concert set list. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So there, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it and, and a lot of planning, so we've got to work out which brewer is going to brew which beers, what's going to be cool about each of these beers. Each day we'll, we'll have like a, a photo that we'll put on online and we've got uh, our Facebook group where we kind of talk about it each day and people have their comments and, and say whether they loved or hated the beer type thing. So it's yeah, it's been an amazing product and it's, it's so much fun to do just because... Of that that sort of social um, aspect of it as well. It's a
1: whole event, isn't it? Better than oh, Christmas totally. itself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually is,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and are you still packing and making the the twenty four packs yourself, or do they come to you now pre made?
0: No, so we um, the to give you an idea, I think that it's. It works out to be around about 50 pallets of beer that, that come in. So you're getting two pallets of beer from each brewery and then you've got, I don't even know what it is, 20-odd pallets of beer, 20-odd uh, pallets of cardboard. So we get that sent to a 3PL and then they they get busy picking and packing and putting it all together. Yeah, it, we just would have no way in and, and heck of being able to do that ourselves. We, uh, we had one year where we got it, Produced off site and then sent back to us. And I think there was one day where we were filling up the whole. Australia post truck and our warehouse isn't really kind of set up for, for that much volume. Yeah. And so it, it really put a lot of pressure on us. And so we said, okay, going forward, we just have to get this dispatch from, from our 3PL. Yeah. So it's something that I, I personally don't even see kind mm. of the, the, the sheer volume of, of stuff that, that goes on with it now.
1: But it's cool that you've got a, a great process for that now and you can focus on building that community and the content and the excitement around it, not not just worrying about getting the product out the door.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I think there comes a point in time where you go, okay, well, how are we going to keep growing this business and, and where do we need to focus? And that that's just one less thing that we need to worry about. So it means that, yeah, we can spend our time on, on the the whole, I guess, um, the, the event of the advent calendar rather than the, the sort of packing it and everything else
1: and you've just launched um your christmas in july advent calendar surely that's taking the piss
0: <laughs> well <laughs> last year we uh so what happened was we we after we had our, our cardboard from the the what was it, the year before um for the christmas one we had whole number of boxes that we could make up and so we thought what we'll do is actually create one for covid so an isolation advent calendar and that, that went really well. People absolutely loved it. And we've, every year we have people saying, you need it, do a Christmas in July one. <laughs> we've had this ever since we, we first started. So we thought, okay, well, why not? Let, let's do it this year. And, yeah, it, it, we've got a uh, pre-order on with that at the moment. And I think by the time that this is done, put out, that that pre-order will absolutely be over. So so good. Yeah.
1: I love that you are just giving beer lovers around the country an excuse to drink
0: every night and you're slowly (laughs)
1: filling in all the months. It's great.
0: (laughs) I I was thinking, how could we do this as a a subscription offer? So, Advent calendar every day of the year type (laughs) thing.
1: Oh, goodness. It's dangerous. The other thing that I came across as I was doing a bit of research was Bruquets. Am I saying this right?
0: Yeah, so Brukays that that's a, our sort of sister business that we purchased back in 2018. Well, basically because we knew that that beer gifting is such a, a sort of big opportunity online, we were going to go down the 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 route of of actually starting a beer gifting business from scratch. And it happened that the the owner of of Brukays at the time was looking to, to sell his business and so it was a kind of a perfect timing for us so we, we took that on and, and we've kind of uh, taken it from what it was and then then sort of grown it from there so it's a uh, it's an exciting business and the idea is, is to trying to find for every gifting occasion that there's a, a beer opportunity type thing
1: can you describe what a brook hay looks like for anyone who hasn't seen one
0: Sure. So I guess that the original bouquet was, it was like a Hessian sack that then had either three or, or six bears. And the idea is, is the bouquet name is a play on bouquet. And so it's a bouquet of bears. And so for uh, instead of giving flowers, you can give a bouquet of of beers type thing.
1: Can't wait to see someone throw one over their head at a wedding and just
0: catch it. Be a uh, heavy thing to be knocked with. Yeah, so we started with there and – We've grown that and we've also got a kind of uh, a can version, which is, it doesn't quite look like a, a bouquet of flowers or anything, but it's a, a big box with the, the cans lying down and, and those um, really go well as well. So that, they're probably our, our biggest kind of seller of the lot and particularly for birthdays. So birthdays, and this is the same with beer Cartel, very popular on that side as well.
1: With so much focus on gifting, does that make it hard from a customer data perspective, knowing who's buying for themselves versus who's buying as a gift when you're coming to do personalization and segmentation?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that that there's because you've got two very different customers, you've got your gifting customers and then you've got those that are just buying for themselves. It, It is a challenge, but it's, it's, I guess with the technology that we've got out these days it actually makes it a lot easier to try and work out that and so that that's something that that we're kind of working on at the moment particularly to to try and enhance that personalization and and make sure that people are getting the the sort of right messaging for for who they are awesome and but
1: you can tell very easily whether it's a gift or whether it's a uh, purchase for themselves
0: yeah, largely. I mean, one of the easiest ways is just if the uh, billing and the shipping names are different. Yeah. But it's also the type of product. So if it's a uh, birthday beer box, then, then we know for sure that, that there's a gifting um, present type thing. And the same if it's a Father's Day one or a Valentine's Day one or a Christmas one, that those are all sort of very much gifting moments. And so it makes it easier in that regards to work out who's who.
1: Banana skins, pumpkin, dodgy avocados, and e-commerce packaging. Our friends at e-commerce packaging supplier Signet are helping retailers reduce their carbon footprint with their new range of compostable mailers. Made from plant-based materials, these mailers will break down to organic fertilizer once composted, either at home or in industrial disposals. Talk about giving back to the planet. Signet have over five and a half. Thousand packaging solutions that help leading e-commerce businesses step up their packaging game. Visit signet.net.au to find out more. Rich, this has been fantastic. I've loved getting a little bit of an insight to a brand that I've been following and <laughs> buying from for a long time. We talked about equity crowdfunding at the start. Obviously that's a huge focus for you guys at the moment. What else is on your radar coming up?
0: So the Advent calendar, we uh, plan that months out. So we're, we're kind of underway with that at the moment. We'll have Oktoberfest uh, that hits in, in September, October. So that, that's always really big. And then the other big one for us is Father's Day. So Father's Day last year was absolutely massive, in part because it was when Melbourne was in absolute lockdown. And uh, yeah, everything just suddenly went through the roof with that. So it was interesting just to see the, the huge shift and the um the amount of people from Victoria that were buying Father's Day gifts from us, and and be interesting to see sort of how it then unfolds this year. Mm. But. Yeah, it, for us, we're very much – so while we have our, our day-to-day, which is our just selling of bears, the gifting periods are, are such a huge part of our business as well. So we very much live with – from Valentine's Day at the start of the year to Father's Day to Christmas, so that the massive kind of events that, that we need to plan and execute on. With
1: such a wide range of SKUs because you do have – you stock so many different types of beers. How many total?
0: Uh, around about a thousand at a time Ooh. and we get 20 to 30 new beers every week
1: with that with that wide range of skews and a bit of seasonality with the different events going up and down and then you add COVID on the top of that which kind of threw predictive analytics out a lot yeah. how do you how do you keep track of and forecast what you're going to order in
0: yeah it does make it hard it's a bit of art and a bit of science, really. So particularly for the gifting periods, we kind of look at how we've gone in the previous year and then how we've gone in this year with other gifting periods and will that sort of translate. Yeah, when we went into COVID last year, the, the, the numbers and the amount of um, orders that were kind of going uh, coming in were just so much higher than we were used to. So we were completely chasing our tail um, at the very start. But I think after about two or three months and just changing the way we did things, we'd also split our business into two and we were half working from home, half in the warehouse. I I think you sort of evolve over time and you work out what works and what needs to change and and where your sort of pressure points are. So it's always a um, sort of moving feast. But yeah, I think it's trying to use data in the best way possible and then Mm. add in kind of your, your sort of Our own brains on top of that to try and work out the the approach for for forecasting.
1: Brilliant. And then we'll let you go. So, what's the best way uh, if people listen to this and go, I'd love to reach out to reach all the team. What's the best way for people to get in touch?
0: If you want to reach out to me, uh, either connect to me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email, richard at au. You can also, yeah, follow us online, Facebook, join our group, Cartel Craft Beer Collective, or on Instagram
1: you can also buy into the company.
0: Absolutely. That's <laughs> Richard, <the> opportunity.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with the crowdfunding.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: I've been a long-time fan and reader of Beer Cartel's Australian Craft Beer Survey and the results from their top 50 craft beers. In a short amount of time, it's become a highly anticipated and celebrated piece of research And as we heard from Richard, the benefits of it range from PR to new partnerships to expanding their customer database. Not a bad result from a really strong idea and a well-formed SurveyMonkey survey. But whether it's a survey, research or something else, I think that conversation with Richard really shows that there's great insight into becoming a thought leader in your industry and how it can open up brilliant and unforeseen opportunities. What's your opportunity to put your mark and show that you are at the forefront of what you're selling? To finish up, I have three resources for you. Firstly, if you're a first-time listener of Add to Cart and you want to stay up to date with new episodes, head over to addtocart.com.au and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. We'll let you know every time a new episode drops as well as giving you my three takeaways from each episode and a link to the transcripts so you can know that this is an episode that you want to dive straight into. Secondly, if you want a weekly roundup of the best e-commerce case studies, tools, and research, sign up to the High Five Friday newsletter, which is delivered to inboxes at 8 a.m. every Friday morning. I read all the e-commerce news and send you the bits that I think you can take action from. Sign up at 12high12high.com.au forward slash high five. And the last thing, if you are looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, head over to talent.com.au. We are a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands. Check it out, sign up to the email and get in touch with me if you want to discuss your next move. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep those customers adding to car.